dude's dreaming doomed. Fuck you, Tori Craig. <laughs> so, second episode of Dudes Reading Dune. And now we're actually reading Dune. Um, so, before we actually get started, uh, opening thoughts, generally, what, do you, what have you thought of the first 50 pages? Uh, I learned I don't know how to read. <laughs> I mean, I do, clearly, but uh, <laughs> it was real slow at first, for sure. Just getting back into it, it's been a while, and yeah, it was just really slow. Understanding wasn't the best, but also doesn't help that there's just, like, made-up words, kind of, in here. Like, names of yes. proper nouns of places and stuff that I've never And different of. tribes and clans. Right. And it's just, yeah, a little bit confusing at Which... times. Which we'll get into, but how did you guys feel about Frank Herbert's uh, writing style? What did, what did you did you enjoy it, or did you did you find it a little tedious? Um, I, I, I it was good. Like I really liked the book so far. Uh, but his writing, I guess, I was trying to recognize the rhythm that you guys were speaking of at the like it was our first episode. I was trying to figure yeah. that out, and maybe it's because I'm not an experienced reader that I don't realize it and I don't see it. But at some point, over like what like the rhythm was and some of his sentences, what he means by that would be dope. Yeah, sure. Um, we lost Thomas. Yeah, I think we're just gonna press forward. <laughs> I I don't know. He he he'll figure it out. Hopefully, he was in here already. Right. Um. I have a little bit of a fascination with the first sentences of books. And uh, I guess this book has a debatable first sentence. I am not going to count the prophecy part as the first sentence. Yeah. So the first sentence of Dune. In the week before the departure to Arrakis, when all the final scoring about had reached nearly unbearable frenzy, an old crone came to visit the mother of boy Paul. I mean, does this feel like the opening sentence of a literary classic? To be quite honest, no. Usually they have like this kind of more grandiose kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like when you'd read maybe like Shakespeare or like old Greek works, they have a very powerful first, sen- uh, first sentence. Yeah, Tom, I'm talking about the first sentence of the book. Oh, okay. Uh, I luckily don't remember it, but. <laughs> well, you didn't just take mental notes, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. But uh, the more important thing is not the first fucking <laughs> sentence I read. You know, not the beginning of the book. Who cares about Yeah, that? I skipped the first, like, 10 pages. I, no, I really appreciate, though, that it addresses this lady that will come to know as an old crone. <laughs> I, I thought that that was, uh, that was kind of enjoyable. It, um, it, it doesn't sound like the uh, general narrative is respective, or excuse me, uh, very respectful towards the Reverend Mother. 
Okay, yeah, it was the Reverend Mother. I was wondering if it was indeed the same person <laughs> or someone else we discover later on. Yeah, so the so the story opens with Paul basically pretending to be asleep right. while his mom creeps up on him with uh, this old lady, uh, presumably speaking. And um, I found this whole section to be quite odd because, like, I don't know. Like, I would definitely notice if somebody was, like, listening in on the conversation as we're talking to their sleeping body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, uh, I thought that was a, a kind of an interesting way to open it up. I did not, when I read this initially, I was having, you know, a hard time really understanding everything because it's, uh, you know, it really just throws you into this world. But I underlined these words, uh, the Kwisatz Haderach, which we will learn more about as we go through this. Yeah. But I do find it interesting that this is like our introduction to the fake words of the story mm-hmm. is that based upon your faction, it's a completely different, like I would say like language inspiration for your made up words. Like uh, with, with the faction that this comes from, it seems to have like almost like a Germanic origin. Well, is with the other faction, it seems like it's very yeah, Arabic. Good. I mean, they did get inspiration from the, the Bedouins, the, Muslims of North Africa, I think, were the biggest inspiration. Is there, is there any part about this opening part that anybody wants to talk about? Oh, uh, before we actually do that, I'd just like to come out and say this. Considering this is dudes reading Dune, can we just all agree yeah. that Jessica is probably hot? I like to, <laughs> she definitely is. She's she's got to be. She's hot. Is it, is that, is that what it is? She's, she's yeah. Before hot. we get too Who? deep into it. Who do you imagine would play Jessica in a movie? Fuck. I don't know. I could see, like... Because she's played by someone else in the 2021 I could see Emma Stone low-key. No, Emma Stone's (laughs) too young. Is she? Yeah. I don't know how old Jessica is, Jessica's supposed to be a little Paul's 15. Jessica's supposed to be in her 40s. Oh, she is? Okay, so we're looking for a If you think about it. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Ava Uh, Adams. You know, I... (laughs) <laughs> you know for some reason like uh when when i think of jessica i think of like the mom from like the adams family for some reason that's fair no she looks like oddly that's what, hot that's what comes yeah to I, I could agree with that actually i can I get down with that i i am glad you mentioned jessica we'll get back to her name as we go through but does anybody want to make any comment about this yeah section? so i guess through the first I was like thinking about, well, I thought about the first sentence because I was like, okay, how is this going to relate? Because it sets the tone for the whole book, really. And so through the first mm-hmm. 50 pages, I definitely see like the scurrying, the unbearable frenzy. And then I can see how the old mother or the reverend mother played such a big part in that early first 50 pages. Or whatever. But I think, yeah, I really like the first part. And it's, uh, and it kind of like, um, establishes like the reverend mother as this kind of like mysterious character that is going to have a lot of importance yeah important character yeah i but i found this section to be pretty confusing when i read it the first time so i did not take a ton of notes on here uh but the next section is of course the famous part of the book that gets referenced in pop culture all the time 
where they're actually in that chamber room with Paul, the Reverend Mother, and um, uh, Jessica. And, of course, this is where Paul goes through the famous test. Oh, we're just, like, skipping over everything else, really? I, I Well, unless you have anything else you wanted to say about this opening section. Because um, I didn't take a lot of notes on this part. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's fair. Because I was about to say, like, the chosen one type thing. I honestly don't know how to pronounce that. If you... The, uh... uh... The Quisats Hater. Yeah, I, I thought Hater Arc. <laughs> We're just gonna go with Josh Hater. The Josh Hater. <laughs> the, the Josh Hater. The the Josh Hater. That's all right. That's that's fair enough. Uh, I want. I was gonna talk about that, but well, I when just, they kind of. Oh my bad. I was gonna say I don't know when that really came. In. Like they really began talking about that. Was that the first section? It's later. It's like twenty. It's like page thirty. Okay, so it really wasn't that first section. That first section was just like. No. them talking, Jessica and the the mother were not talking to each other while he was pretending to be asleep yeah. type thing. Okay. Yeah, pretty. Like, was pretty Rob Hadock was just like a word to me, like a name to me right. until oh, but the... aged whatever, like, until they explained it. Yeah. But didn't they mention like the, how do, again, I wouldn't know how to pronounce it, Gom Jabbar, like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I, I see. I did not really know what that right, was. Right, I didn't either. But I'm just saying. That's... But I still don't have. You don't have an idea of what it is. Wasn't it poison? So. Thought... Oh, oh, it's, it's a blade. It's needle. a needle. Yeah, it's that little blade. It's a needle. needle. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the poison needle. In it. You're right. That's gum jabar. Okay. I'm down the call. Yeah, this is. The Kareem. I'm cool with it. I like this is just gonna become a sports slash Dune podcast real quick. <laughs> every every what is the the sports analog to every character yeah. in the book will eventually be. Dude, I'm using a Josh Hamilton baseball card as my bookmark, and I use Josh Hater as exactly. Like, we can just keep going on this thing. Uh, yeah, we definitely okay, but yeah, that first part. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it is a bit confusing, honestly, just because. It's all foreshadowing, and it's hard to understand. So, guess, you guys, um, do you want to go over some of the like terms and stuff? I mean, maybe uh, we should get that. I mean, we like the Ben yeah, Gesserit. So I think. Ben yeah, Gesserit, it's uh, specifically a like a female. It's a matriarch thing. Matriarch, right? yeah, like a group that have specific, uh, like, kind of special powers. The, is it powers or just like learned abilities? They're power. No, the, like they're, the reverend, yeah. uh, the mother, she can see into the future. Isn't it all because of like a drug though? Not exactly. It's alluded to being genetic. Okay. We'll kind of be and able like to talk well, about well, powers. I don't know if you guys remember. Right. I do remember that. It's just like a it, form of eugenics. It's literally. Right? Yeah. It's where. It, yeah. It's kind of like eugenics, yeah. and we're—it's actually like the first line that I've underlined for this next section is going to start to allude to this. Um, but I guess the so maybe some other things and other terms like Arrakis, yeah, which is the planet yeah, right. that uh, the story okay. that was an easy one. Yeah. So Dune is like the, the what they call it, but Arrakis is what the the native Fremen call it, right? Yeah, that one was simple. Which if it was, 
it was being super realistic, everybody would just call it Dune, and then they'd get there and be like, what's Arrakis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just way easier to say Dune. <laughs> but I, 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 like the, I like Arrakis. It's got a very nice sounding... That, I mean, that, that has a certain uh, bite to yes. it. It's a very enjoyable it's very word. sci-fi. I agree. So, uh, kind of moving into this next deck section in this, uh, this room where the Reverend Mother is speaking to Paul and Jessica, uh, we're, we're given a line that gives us uh, something of an insight into the mind of the Reverend Mother, where she says, Damn that Jessica, the Reverend Mother thought, if only she'd born us a girl as she was ordered to do. So I had a question about that. Through this line... Go ahead. No, yeah. keep going. I was just going to say, through this line, we get an indication that Ben Jesuit women have control of the gender of children that they can birth. And they have a certain long-term plan for the children that they, bur- that they, uh, that they spawn. They sire. I believe that's the way. <laughs> they yeah. sire. Is, is that the implication? Because, I mean, just like in the past, how all kings would want male child well so the bed are like uh, uh like they specifically want females because they, I, they, yeah yeah it, and it doesn't seem like the mother didn't or the mother didn't act like jessica didn't have a choice to make it a girl you know it seems like well she she act, actually there's a there's a line kind of directly about this later on that we can get to where she's having a conversation with Jessica and she asks why she birthed a son. And Jessica says that she suspected she could birth the uh, Josh. That's Hayden. later, isn't it? And yeah, that's later. But I'm saying, like, based upon this and that, we can tell just the. the it's, it gives us one example the power of Ben Jesuit, that they do have that kind of control. Yeah, I meant the same boy or uh, whatever. But yeah, I get it. So, so they can choose who their person. They can definitely choose what type of gender it is, but there's a specific reason why they don't choose uh, men because they can't boys. complete all the training. Right? They don't have Basically. control over the power, and stuff. right? Or the power, right? The tra- it literally kills them. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, exactly. That's what she keeps saying when she said they tried and they died. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's really through here that we get our first introduction to the character of Paul as he's dealing with uh, with the Reverend Mother. And what I really liked here was that Paul is this is this kid who's born into aristocracy. All he knows is wealth and everybody kind of kissing his ass his whole life. And instead of acting like a good, nice little kid, like you always see in the in the movies and TV shows, he's kind of stuck. Yeah, out. he has a he has a. He, they even talk about it as like where he changes his tone to more prideful, right? He's like, "What do you mean, like da 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 da?" Does one dismiss the lady Jessica as though she were a serving wench? Yeah, he says he seems super <laughs> smart. Like he's really smart and observant. But he's like a little asshole, and I, I do too. Because the Reverend Mother came in there like she was hot shit, and he was just like, "No, nah, no, nah, I don't know you, bro." <laughs> it it was it was nice to get like a main character who feels like they really did grow up in the environment that we're being and told he, they did. Because if he feels go like ahead, a Mo. teenager, he's not like the stoic like 
oh, I'm like, I have, like, you know, a young protagonist, how they're usually stoic and they like are like calm and like this and that. I feel like he's kind of the opposite of all yeah. that. It, it feels like Paul would be the type of kid studying for the SAT and bragging about his scores. Yeah, he's, he's a like freshman. a freak kid. Yeah. Although, I don't know. I, I feel like he is somewhat calm. Like, he's learned, or at least emotionally, yeah. has learned to calm well, through the all the training went on from Jessica. But And the test. And the test. The test. The test. Speaking of which... Uh, what did you What did you guys make of the famous line in its entirety? It was cool. The famous line, which is fear. Yeah, fear is the uh, mind killer. Right. I. You know, I kind of just glossed over that, even though I should. It's a, it's, no, it's, so it's like very um, subtle. Kind it, of. Well, it's it's also very well yeah. known. It's used a lot. You'd be surprised if it's used a lot. Yeah. I'll just read it real quick. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will fear my, I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path where the fear has gone. There will be nothing. Only I will remain. Shit. (laughs) I don't, it's a, it's a decent calming tech. Tactic. It is. I've, I've, I'm like, yeah, that's, you got to just do that. You got to let the fear go through you. And it really does speak to his mental preparation from Jessica that she has been preparing him, you know, his whole life for stuff like this. Right. Yeah. I just don't know why I didn't even pay attention. I mean, I did, but I didn't pay much attention as I should have to it. It's uh, it's quite the famous, the famous line, and then of course he gets, he puts his hand right. in the box, and what's in the box? Needle, okay. No, it's uh, the needle is. It's the pain. Thread. Oh yeah. yeah pain, pain I is in the box. Pain. Then she'll stab the needle into his neck if he takes right. it out, or he moves or does any like other different things. It's a test to see if he's human. Yes. Yes, which, um, thank you, because that leads into uh, the next thing. I mean, this whole kind of thing about humanity. I actually did have something about that that was interesting to me. Yes, please uh, please go on. Uh, Let me find the note here. Here we go. Uh, I'll just come back back to this real quick. Just maybe something else. Yeah, and I'll find uh, it right now. Let me start this. So, um, we're, we're talk we're being told about kind of like this, um, this whole thing about humanity and she needs to test to see if she's a hu- if he's a human and it's for the purpose to set him free. And we get this allusion to what has happened in the past of which the Reverend mother says, once men turn their thinking over to That's machines it right there. in the hope that this would set them free, but that only permitted other men with machines to enslave That's exactly them. what I actually had written down right there. And just the fact that it's specifically men, not man, implying like men and women, just men. Yeah, I mean, the, the people, but people specifically had, had decided that they would incorporate their minds with AI 
because they thought that it would make their lives better and that in the end people would just seek to exploit them anyways. Right, but I, the emphasis on men right there, I think. Yeah, the, it was... But, yeah, and oh, yeah. so many men in this world are right. terrible. <laughs> also, yeah, the whole men thing, which is made me think, like, is that why they can't achieve these powers like the women can? Um, I don't think that... I know it's not said, uh, I mean, but maybe. yeah, but maybe it's just like the corruption. I just don't know. I I just yeah was thinking about that, like that it specifically said men and that men can't achieve the same powers except one chosen one. So I don't know if the two connected at all. What did you think of the next line? Uh, I don't know if I I don't have it pulled up. That's just literally I wrote down on notes. Yeah, it's. So it's thou shall not make a machine in the likeness oh, of right. mind, Paul quoted. And then the Reverend Mother says, right out of the uh, Butlerian Jihad and the Orange Catholic Bible. Now, very interesting thing here is Orange Catholic Bible. Do you think that this is an implication of the evolution of Catholicism yes. in the future? I would. Yes. I That's would, very definitive. I I would agree. I would agree as well. And it's interesting to see how religion in the future has has you know already. There's like another Bible, so to speak. Right. That it's already incorporated this world that comes after the rise of humanity from machine. Which I found yeah. to be really interesting. Yeah, it just makes me wonder, like. Kind of not apocalyptic, but I don't know. I don't know how to exactly explain it. I don't have the ability to articulate right now. But it was kind of like this. It must have been some kind of apocalyptic right. situation where there's a whole evolution, like an evolution of all religion is necessary to explain it. Right. And, and when they talk about before like the old times, I know it's later on in there. They talk about like written text, mm-hmm. like actual written text from the old time. Yeah, they so, they ref- Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. No, I that's basically they, all they reference history a lot, and like history is a big part of like what goes on. And how I think the Reverend Mother said it was like, there it goes again. The history repeats itself. So yes, I want to add on to that. The Reverend Mother technically cannot see the future unless it is influenced by the past. Okay, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, now, I would also just like to say that because we've gotten on the topic of the Bible and waiting for this, I think that a lot of these characters that are not from Arrakis have biblical names on purpose, and it indicates something about the society that they're probably coming from. And Jessica was the one that really struck out to me. So Jessica is a biblical name, and it is of a Hebrew origin. Uh, and it basically means God beholds. Oh. Very interesting. And Paul is obviously a biblical right. uh, character, um, but the name is Roman of origin. But Paul obviously is there to evoke, you know, a biblical thought and to begin to create that connection. Right, and that he is, or they think he is the chosen one. Certainly, uh, there is there's thought that this must be the chosen one, or as we'll kind of get on, like a prophet. Right. And Paul, in the Christian religion, was uh, not quite a prophet, 
Um, but he 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 was, you know, I, I I don't know exactly what the term would be, but you get the idea, right? It's it's definitely names that I think that are trying to indicate the continuation of Catholicism into the future. Thomas, we're on um, page fourteen. We're talking about machines and the indication of the oh, okay. Orange Catholic Bible. And then this leads into when we find out about the Ben Jesuit school, because we find out that when humanity broke from the machines, humans had become so reliant on machinery that they had to be taught to think for themselves and emerged from this was the Ben Jesuit school and the space. Guild right. School. That's what it said when it says the great revolt took away a crutch. It forced human minds to develop yeah. schools or started to train human talents. Okay. Yes, exactly. With the um, the Space Guild is something that we don't get much of in here, but the Ben Jesuit, it, it's interesting. Uh, what do you what do you guys make of the Ben Jesuit? I don't know. It almost seems Illuminati ish. Yeah, it does. A very plotting group, indeed. You know, because it's on the next page we get the indications that the Ben Jesuit breed Ben Jesuits for their traits. Uh, in particular, this line really stuck out. Um, we might, for example, have wanted to breed her to a close relative to set up a dominant and some genetic trait. We have many reasons, and this is why Ben Jesuits isn't, aren't allowed to know who their parents uh, are. Their whole thing, like on politics, too. Yes. That's what. Yes, exactly. They're yeah, all about that's political what Paul, movements. like, I realized at the very beginning when he was talking to the Reverend Mother in their little conversation. Yep. Yeah. I, no, Go I was ahead. just saying, it's kind of interesting how it's women, too, specifically. All women in this world. It's all women right, and in the, the Ben, ben Jesuits, specifically, is what I meant. You know. And that they hold that much power. <laughs> They they kind of but they're they still what is serve their power, yeah really? they do because serve, but because you know they they aren't on the level of the emperor um and you know they don't control everything um which which makes me wonder how much of humanity because it is indicated how much of humanity is actually freed from robot from robot influence or AI influence in their minds right yeah I was thinking about that like. When you have to test for a human, I was thinking, what, what is exactly does that mean? Are they all basically AI? I think that what it might mean is that when the AI, when the robot revolution happened, there was some kind of contamination on the human gotcha. gene pool, and that there's some, and that the Ben Jesuit are like the humans who were maybe salvageable or pure. And that everybody else is like unsalvageable. They have some kind of uh, taint on their genetics. Got you. And I, so I guess is this or is Fallout related to this at all? Because it has a couple of things in common, like the whole idea of the foundation and having. I, well, Fallout's definitely right, inspired yeah, say, by and it. And they also have Menta in the, <laughs> as in a like a item that you can use, and it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things are inspired by Dune. Uh, Dune came out in 1965. Right, yeah, I remember that. And, 
its influence is pretty strong. Okay, that okay, that makes sense because I'm just thinking of it from that perspective of like that AI or robots could be living among them, and like that they but they're also humans, and that's why they have to test to see. But I I don't know really. I honestly don't fully understand the world or the human DNA or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really quite understand it either. Um, it's one of those things that I kind of keep reading about, and it's hard to really understand. I think until we we get just further. Uh, this was one of the most dense sections of the book, I think, as far as, far as like nuggets of information to kind of get attached to. Yeah. And it was it hard to keep At track. First, of it I think it's really hard to keep track of everything. In a way, right? Because there's so many new terms. There's this new world. All these new characters that you have to get invested in. I think it's really hard in the beginning. I mean, we we do start to get, and I, you know, we're gonna move on from this chapter, and things will get more digestible. But it's really in this chapter that we get our first indication about yeah. the truth sayer drug, and we get some stuff about the Quistats uh, Hater Act, the Josh Hater. Uh, it is said that a man will come one day and find in the gift of the drug his inward Third eye. eye. He will look where we can <laughs> into both femi- feminine and masculine paths. So, it almost sounds like the, Quis- the, the, the psychedelic. Josh Hater, this chosen one, it's not like the powers like let you levitate shit or destroy things. At least from what this is indicating, it's more like becoming like an actual prophet I, because you're unlocking information. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like associated that with the psychedelic. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, you need the, the whole, psychedelics to do it. Yeah, yeah. The whole <laughs> like what's ego death type thing and seeing. Yeah. And psychedelics right. unlocking. I kind of associated with that and thought of it is it just a psychedelic? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well the thing is that we're indicated that what the psychedelics allow you to do is to see somewhat into the future. As we get into this next part, mm-hmm. the Harkonnen section, uh, where we're introduced to Baron Vladimir Harkonnen and uh his mentat. Um you know, it, it is indicated that that mentat, based upon their consumption of this drug, they've been able to see into the future. And they've been right most of the time. So it is tested. The psychedelic really does let you see for real what's going on. And the women are able to take this? Or I, I guess I didn't fully comprehend that part. Do they take it or no? Uh, okay. I think they do. But it's it's the man when he takes and the, the women can only see like right? ba- or the feminine, the feminine past, right. past, while a man would be able to see into both, and that's the significance of the Josh. Right. Oh, yeah, I was just okay. So yeah, they do take. It. I guess yeah, I knew that. I just forgot. I I also really liked the description of the men tap, um, and it talks about the eyes the shaded slits of blue within blue, the eyes without any white in them at all. You know, it really paints kind of a picture of this character. Yeah, it sounds... 
creepy, like ominous, but not at the same time because blue. Well, especially when we're told that this person does way too much of this. Oh run. yeah, perhaps indicating about you yeah. know the side and an addiction of taking these psychedelics. And yes, an addiction. Interesting. So it doesn't. It, it it can unlock your mind, but it's also you know it comes with some kind of prison of it of its own. Right. Was there anything from this section that particularly stuck out to you guys? Uh, sorry, you could go first one. Mostly, more like the planning, right? Of them being kind of like, oh, we're gonna do this, and we should do this, and this, and that. It's very. Not strategic. The word more would be insidious. Yes. I I did like that the you know Frank Herbert doesn't mess around. He wants to. He wants you to know that these that these characters are fucked once right. they get to Arrakis. So there's a dread that starts to build Absolutely. before they get there. And. We, he, we're immediately told about who's going to be and who's dying. The, the doctor, correct? Uh, yeah, Doctor Yua. Uh, Yua. Yua. However, you're supposed to pronounce that. Yeah, Yua. He's gonna. He's going to betray them, and we're not. We're not even going to have the opportunity to speculate upon who's going to do it. I really like it because it builds a certain dramatic irony to it. Yes. Just the. I don't know. The Baron, correct? He seems like almost a caricature yeah. of like what a Baron would be. He seems so. Yeah, a, a plotting asshole who only thinks of like right, and they desires. also describe him as just like a big blob at the end. Send for food, my darling. Oh yeah, before we retire, type like just gluttonous and you very yeah right. This yeah, fat yeah, evil fuck go. is what yeah. I think of. <laughs> and we're given on the next page, the Mentat uh, I- explains that he'd actually predicted that Lady Jessica girl, right? would yeah. uh, birth a daughter. I was actually, yeah, I was going to say that, but I didn't know if that was actually important. It's very important. The it's fact right. that he, it was, he was, was actually wrong. Yeah, he was wrong. Yeah, and he was trying to predict yeah, He knew, but also that he knew it was going to happen. But he was, but he missed that. But he messed up. Right. So the shows it's not like infallible that drug. Yeah, the future, but the future is not set in stone. It's just very likely to be what the future will be, and that this one change of Paul being a a boy instead of a girl has dramatic implications. Yes, it's crazy. Took, yeah. I think it yeah it shows the importance of I don't know what I'm saying my bad <laughs> no I, <laughs> I was I was going on a tangent here I knew I had something to say but I don't I forgot already now release the tangent no I, I don't even know if there is one anymore there's nothing up here it's just yeah I was think that was like in the back of my head when we first were talking about this but I like didn't know how exactly so, how important that can was can I just add something. So mm-hmm. Baron Harkonnen yeah. reminds me of King George the Fourth. I don't. Yeah, I was like, I have yeah. no idea so, any details okay. about um, King, King George the Fourth. Please go on. He was a king of um, Britain. Uh, well, a long, long time ago, 
he was a very gluttonous and indulgent king. And that became kind of his downfall. Absolutely. Did everybody hate him? The common, oh, I think... the common person <laughs> yeah. hated him. Why? Because he wanted all this rich, uh, extravagant stuff, and he ate like a, cow, a pig. Interesting. Maybe that is the inspiration for the character. I don't really no, know. I don't think so, but it could be. I mean, it could. Yeah. I think there's a lot of That's true. That is, there is a lot. I like that. This just seems like a common thing. You get the power and you're like, well, I'm lazy and I'm powerful, so I'm going to be an asshole and eat all day and stuff my fucking face. Right. And, and what about and his nephew that he's mentoring? Sweet, thank you. And Tom, so we're on page 21. Talking about yeah, it really does. Because anchor, anchor get on my laptop you. for it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand a lot about the nephew, but I'm glad you mentioned it because I wanted to talk about this line uh, where he says to his nephew Fade, "This is a mentat Fade. It has been trained and conditioned to perform certain duties. The fact that it's encased in a human body." However, must not be overlooked. A serious drawback that, and there's a period here that's very important, a serious drawback that I sometimes think the ancients with their thinking machines had the right idea. So I don't think he's directly saying mentat are machines. But he pauses, and I I don't know exactly what a mentat is implied to be here. It's not a human. I don't think it's a machine. Is it? I thought it's a machine like it meant to mimic human human thought. Like human I mean, it brain. could be a machine because Piter, who is the mentat here, uh, does say they were toys right. compared to me. Um, you yourself, Baron, could outperform those machines. So maybe it is. It's 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 interesting to think about though about like. This this machine uh, uh, that this could be a machine or this could not be, and that the difference between that and a human is, um, I would say, not necessarily subtle, but it's just a matter of right. perspective. Again, that kind of just comes back to Fallout for me when I think of this. Is just how they can't literally can't tell whether or not someone is a machine. Like in uh, Fallout yeah. Four. Yeah, yeah, sense. Yeah, sense. I think of like a yeah. sense. Yeah, that's that's actually I, I think a very interesting analog, especially if we consider like is Piter free? Like, does Baron Harkonnen control his mind? Like, can he just basically just make Piter do whatever he wants? And because Piter knows this, Piter feels the freedom to be insulting to him. Because what's he going to do at the end? Of the and day? he knows that he like wants Piter to t- really like kill him, him and like, like basically dispose of him when he's not useful. Yeah. Right. It kind of speaks to the sad existence that Piter may have to have. Or is it Piter? Is it Piter? I like Piter too. I, like I read it Piter as well. I don't know why. <laughs> I in my head I was like it's Peter. Peter. No, but yeah, it did. That was a weird interaction there. The whole like talking about his value and it, how when he's no longer useful to get rid of him type deal. 
I don't know what to add about that, but it was just yeah, it was it was very it's sad. sad. Yeah. Uh, Jordan's mic is fucked up, and that is sad. That is also. Mm-hmm. Can we get F in chat for that? Uh, uh, get an F in the chat for the mic. Oh, I but, believe it. And the, yeah, we can hear you now. Dude, okay, I don't know. We, I think it's. Uh, what are we using? Anchor. Anchor. Yeah, I think it's just wacky. Hopefully, next time we can use Craig if Tori Craig yeah, doesn't fail us. Yeah, again. We're we're on okay. page uh, twenty-three, I read it at, uh, and we okay. Yeah, I I, I, also, I like Piter. It's kind of a goofy name, but sounds fine enough. Um, maybe Herbert is making another biblical allusion to Peter, but is intentionally using a letter to make it sound like um. A deformity of such. Maybe. Or are we just reading into it? We're, yeah, could just be reading. He was okay, like, high school Piter. That's English teacher. <laughs> and what does this blue door mean? <laughs> <laughs> but what? But maybe it does. The blue door has. Does but maybe it doesn't. If what? What if in? Okay. What if in two hundred pages? There's then more I'll evidence re- for this. Retract my statement. Oh. Is is there? Is there any other part of this chapter with Harkonnen that stuck uh, out to you guys? Did um I had a question before. Yeah. Uh so the whole conversation with Baron and Peter or Pat or whatever you want to call it. The Mentor. Like yeah, I don't care what you want to call him. But like where they were speaking about Jessica. And it was like it, she was promised to him, and I was like, "Was like where was the same in that?" Because it seems like I think it was implied. I, I guess. think that we don't really like ever know about that. It's just kind of like, "Oh, hey, we have an agreement." I feel like he's simping for her a little bit. So I think so too. So they're trying she's to kill Paul. Probably right? very attractive. Did I get that lady? right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They. Yeah. They did. Yeah. They're trying to get rid of him. Okay. Oh yeah. De- he said it's a shame Paul about his love. body, which was a little weird. Like, why would he? Can you use a body for like a mentat type? I think you could because you could take over the mind and like in Fallout, you kind of kind of in the same way, yeah. you know. I don't know. I was just wondering, like, can you? Is it like transferable? A mentat? Can you transfer it into another body? I think you probably could. I'm just saying. It's just like, if you're a robot, you could, you could put all that stuff, all the AI into a human body, and you could have a machine, kind of like a Terminator. Well, yeah, thing, I was know? assuming that would be it, or else it's just a weird case of pedophilia. Or, I don't know, maybe it's just fucking weird. Maybe he just wanted to be Paul's dad or something and just it's just has a weird obsession over that family for some weird Ah, but reason. the lad has such a sweet young body, the Baron said. It's <laughs> sweet. Uh, <laughs> maybe he's it's like feminine. The sweet body of Paul. He's just like, he's got nice abs. <laughs> no, yeah, I really think it has to do something with that. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah, uh, when he was talking about Pitter or whatever and his body being human. I think it has something to do with that. 
so what did you guys make of this part where the Baron talks of how they are um, they're going to talk about framing the lady? Jessica? Oh yes, I kind of didn't understand that completely. Like, how would you yeah, frame the part? So basically, from what it sounds like, um, it sounds like they anticipate that the Mentat of Duke Leto, which is uh, Hawat, that he's going to sniff out very quickly that Dr. U.A. Wellington is, uh, is, is right. a double agent, right? Oh, yeah. And that in order to throw him off, they're going to set something up where the where Hawat is forced to ask himself is Lady Jessica in? I just yeah. I, did it go any further into it? Because I don't think it did. Which is why it was confusing. No, as no, to not how at all. They were exactly, they were going to do that. Well, we don't know how it's going to happen, right. but it's interesting to think about how deep this conspiracy must go if they even have the potential. Right, and then that the Mentad said that she is his. Are they kidnapping her or something then? Yeah. I don't know. I think she might get executed, and then he's just like, inside of that, I keep her. Well, Leto's right. definitely dying, and yeah. this, 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 I think that this is like a creepy, weird medieval thing where like you kidnap <sighs> the queen or something and like you marry her or, or something weird. Kidnap like her that. and make it look like she fled, and that would then take it off their trail. Maybe, but the good news is that we know that Hawat is not right. in on it. So we at least have one character right. we know we can trust. Along with presumably Jessica. And Paul, maybe? Well, Paul, yeah. I'm going to assume. Yeah, he's actually. You know, Leto, is he. Can we trust him? Yeah. Yeah. Duke Leto, no, no, Paul's dad? Uh, dude, he's yeah, he, he dying. He just. Die. Yeah, I think that's actually the No, brain. we're not there yet. Yeah. What are you guys no, talking about? Him dying no, and shit? What? Not, we'll get to well, that. Spoilers. spoilers. Spoilers for sure. No, no, no. I don't mean Duke... I don't mean Duke Leto dying. Well, for I don't mean the Duke Leto part's the next part. I mean that that's, like, the next part of, like, where the Ben... Where the Reverend Mother talks about Duke Leto dying. And... If the Reverend Mother is saying Duke Leto is right. dying, I'm going to say well, she doesn't, he's probably going to die. Yeah, she's like, it's too late for him. <laughs> yeah. Just kept saying that. Before. Okay, if, sorry. If, yeah, we'll right. get to it. Look, so, I would say before that, did, before we get past No, it, go ahead, Jordan. Is, how big of an impact is the Coam company going to be? Um, I don't quite know. Um. Because I don't know a lot about the Cho-am. Cohen company Cho-am. or whatever it is. Or the, yeah, <laughs> it the, seems like Cho-am. an acronym to me. The Cohen. It sounds like it's... Yeah, it's written like that. Well, don't they... Oh, sorry, I was going to say, don't it's they slightly sound... talk about that later on? Yeah, it's like a couple pages from right. like this next chapter start. Where it just kind of sounds like it's the overall organization that runs everything. Which would speak to the fact that in the future, everything is an intergalactic oligarchy. Yeah. Uh, because a corporation literally runs, I guess, all of civilization. Like a single... Amazon. 
Yeah, we're close. In the future. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, that's a, that's that's an interesting thought. If anybody wants to write a sci-fi mm. book from this point forward, the am because Just, uh, but we'll talk. Yeah, about what about that. Tesla though? Because we're we're at another Ben Jesuit section uh, where we're where we're told by the Ben Jesuit. This is this is the thing I was talking about earlier that where Ben Jesuit, where the Reverend Mother says you were told to bear only daughters. And Jessica says it meant so much to him. And you, in your pride, thought you could produce the Kwisatz Haderach. And then Jessica says, I sensed the possibility. So, indicating a couple things. She absolutely has control of whether or not she births a son or a daughter. And also, she birthed a son because she thought she could produce this, this Josh Hader. And she produced a son also because it would make Duke Leto happy. Yeah. Which is which is interesting to think because the Ben Jesuit is supposed to yeah. be. It seems like they're supposed to be. Reverend yeah, Mother kind of grilled her about that shit. Too. Everything is very purposeful. It's very monk-like, isn't right. it? It feels like it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when they met. Yeah, when I was meditating. Was, that's what I was kind of thinking. Giving her the shit. But. Oh, yeah, the like, yeah. awareness. I don't think the consciousness type thing is that earlier a lot yeah. earlier. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're told if if girls can inherit like um uh like titles or not. But it, if that is not the case, it's almost kind of crazy that they would wed a Ben Jesuit to a uh, a royal family member. But of course, it is explained as to why this is and it comes with um with and his desires don't figure in this an atreides daughter could have been wed to a harkonnen heir and sealed the breach now she goes on to say we may lose both bloodlines now is this to say that the ben jesuit have infiltrated both bloodlines or that or there's a plan and what is this breach because i cannot I can't even really seem to predict what this could be. Honestly, I kind of thought that when she was talking about the bloodlines, it was like Jessica's bloodline and the Duke Leto's bloodline. Well, no, because it's about the Harkonnen and the Atreides. Okay. Specifically, that there's some, there's a breach in these in both the bloodlines, and I have no idea what it could oh, possibly be. You don't think to. that? Um, they're becoming more of the AI or like the synth type humans instead of like a full blood human type. And that mating with or Ben Jesuit would just give the other uh, house power, it, perhaps. Maybe they, they wanted more takeover. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I wonder, like, if the Ben Jesuit really wanted all that power and they have the ability to see into the future. For the most part, it feels like until someone like Jessica comes around and has a fucking boy, yeah, and fucks the whole thing up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's about as good of a guess as I'm gonna have. I, I, I just can't figure out this sealed the breach part in the blood. Yeah, I don't. 
Yeah, it's two different bloodlines in the same house, right? I don't even know. Yeah, it, well, Is it's it? two different houses. And by combining both with the, with the Ben Jesuit daughter mating with a Harkonnen oh, two, yeah, yeah. male heir, this yeah. contains a breach, and I don't understand. Now, I guess we'll understand later, but it's it's hard to even predict what this could be. Yeah. It's very Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so, I guess kind of going into the to the Chome, yes. the Chome Company, uh, which is the Imperium, the Chome Company, all the great has, houses there, but bits of Flotasm and the Path of Flood. So, we are told that so we kind of yeah. get an indication that the Chome Company just runs everything because even the Emperor, it the Emperor is only one uh-huh. part of it. He just controls Quick most of it. Thing that the Chome Company uh, made me think of, you know, in Game of Thrones when uh, uh, they're trying to get the uh, Cersei and them are trying to get money from I forgot what the company. Yeah, the bank. It reminds yeah. me of the bank. They go to the bank. The bank the, the, uh, that big bank. And their influence, but I think the Chome Company is even greater than that because it sounds like they are the, the, the Chome Company really is is the ruler of all things, like the galactic uh, government that everyone has to follow. Yeah, it, it's very much is a dystopian oligarchic version of of, uh, of what the future could be, where everything is in the service of this corporation, which is going to be. Uh, primarily concerned with the spice on Arrakis. The spice. I wonder... What is the spice? Is it that... Yeah. That's what I thought it was. The spice is the drug. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's why they control everything then? Yeah. Yes, and the spice must flow. It's also what allows intergalactic travel. And the spice can only be, uh, like, obtained... And uh, Arrakis. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have anything else to say about that slight part about the chome. Nope. Unless anybody else nope. has anything they want to say about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the next part that I think is really important is when the uh, Reverend Mother starts yes. asking Paul about his Yeah. Dreams. Because this is when we're starting to find out that Paul has the ability to see and the he's future. He's so sure of it. Yeah, I was going right. to say, he's so sure of it. And he's confident he will. Yeah, Wasn't this like, foreshadowed earlier, too, about him being in this cave? Yeah. About being in the cave, the wet one, with um, the water drip, dripping. Yeah. The, yep. yeah. Was it? That was like the yeah, first very, section, very. I believe. I don't remember this. Yeah. Hmm. I. I wish because I, I think even that. Jessica Again, tells him to remember the dreams of the Reverend Mother about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then he starts talking right. that he's going to meet a girl on and this it, planet. Oh no! I was and just saying he expands upon uh, it on later. Get... In here, it's about his being dry, his mouth. I think something. Along the lines of his mouth being dry, like implying like a desert. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna get a lot of descriptions about mouths being dry in this book. 
I've I've heard some advice from people on some forums that it's good to read Dune with a glass mm-hmm. of water next to you because it'll make you feel thirsty. <laughs> and did you guys yeah. catch on to the fact that yeah. you yeah. can tell when you're telling the truth? That's why I think he's so smart. Okay, good because that's important. Yeah, especially because he knows when you're bullshit. Yeah. Talk about when we get there, but yeah. Um, is, is there anything here that anybody wanted to talk about in specific? I don't have anything. Maybe that poem. Yeah, the poems, the next is on just the oh, next page. I was going to ask what you guys think about this. I liked it. It's it's a uh, it's it fills me with dread. Yeah, anxiety. I was about to say it fills anxiety, uh, and fill this guy with screeches, and I hear the wind it, like and kind of like lonely in a way, very lonely. Yeah, exactly. I don't know the ODST That's... vibes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it makes me feel like like an explosion is about to hit me. Yeah, but don't they also talk is, about is, like humans being lonely or having the or is that conversation, conversation with Paul and Hawaii? I think later. That's what. It, yeah, about just humans being lonely. That's what I kind of thought when reading it because I feel like it almost foreshadowed that conversation or just that maybe humans have. More emotion or feel that compared to the AIs around them. What did you guys um, make of this part where the Reverend Mother goes on about how doomed Duke Leto is? Yeah, it's too late for him. She just keeps saying that, yep. right? <laughs> yeah. She, like, there's if there was anything we could have done, we would have done it. Damn it! She's just. She I think just it's kind of like Doctor Strange is like in how. You know, like how he's gonna get fucked and what's gonna happen. I think that's kind of interesting. I oh, it it kind of just like fills me with that feeling of like when something bad is about to happen, but you don't know when. And you don't I feel know how like it's gonna Paul's happen. gonna you just have to sit there knowing his father dying or something in a dream. In a dream. He's gonna see it. Oh, yeah, that's a good. That's that's interesting. That 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 sucks. That's big blame if he has to do. If he has to witness that, I'm just saying. I think I don't know. When she was saying that, I was just thinking like how Doctor Strange thought of like all the different possibilities with the Infinity Infinity Stones and uh, Thanos, and I was just kind of thinking that was kind of the same thing where it's just like no matter what you do at this point, nothing's gonna change the outcome. Yeah, and it, I just love that feeling of dread that that, that whole sentiment. Really, yeah, everything evokes. we read just makes you feel dread for actually going to the planet Dune. Yeah. yeah. Right, we're not even on Arrakis, and I feel like Arrakis. impending yeah. doom for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like right. we show up right. and just bang. When it talks about like the sandstorms up to 700 fucked. kilometers per hour, it can rip Flush. skin off your bone Flush. and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. The storms build up across six or seven thousand right. kilometers of flatland. Feed on anything that can give them a push. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie was right, dude. He knew. 
Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> he knew. He read Dune. It was just more woke than anyone else. He read Dune. He's the most woke. I just like this 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 sentence in particular. They can eat the flesh off bones and etch bones to slivers. Is it? Or is it silvers? I, I read it at silvers. No, I read uh, yeah, I read it the same way. Side. I read it at silvers as well. <laughs> same. That's the only reason Fuck. I remember that it's slivers because I read it at silvers. <laughs> but that's like that's like a shitty thing to think about. It's like ooh. Just get there and yeah, get it kind of feels like the storm. all this anticipation, and you could just get there and immediately just get wiped. It's like it just feels very dangerous. It, it, it kind of reminds me like those uh, battle royale games. Like you drop in, <laughs> and the scenario we're getting prepped for is you drop in and just yeah, immediately people already have guns. You're the last to fall back. and tilt the <laughs> Or in fucking wars, yeah, and you get a pistol and they pick up scars. And you still have a pistol. Yeah, and you, yeah, you don't have anything else but your pistol. No plates, nothing. You're just running around naked. Why is everybody always teaming up against me? <laughs> no, yeah, definitely has that feeling of like a knife and a gunfire. Yeah. What did you guys make of the our first mention of this faction? Again, Fremen. I didn't really fully understand what they were until I saw it a few times. Oh, correct, correct. They the are the natives. The they they're like they're like the people of Arrakis, of which that are being colonized. Didn't they talk about it be like super dangerous? Yeah. Is that later? Uh, some yeah, they are spoken about as being super dangerous, but again, we're kind of right. And it, well, I don't know if it actually foreshadows anything, but Paul talked about them being like what good allies they would make. Right, right against the Harkonnen because they and hate the Harkonnen so, so dangerous. So that's just a little interesting tidbit. Yeah, it kind of very much reminds me of like you know, Europeans coming to America and talking about the... Yeah, American very much so. Savages. And colonizing their land and redistributing it all to each other. Because this is very much uh, colonization uh, like that, but much worse because it's taking, like, specifically their resources for the purposes of not them. Wasn't it mention of their schools, too? I don't, re- I don't remember it too well, but there was, like, a mention of their schools. The Fremen... I it was like a quick yeah, like paragraph remember. maybe not even I don't know if it... I can't remember off the top of my head if that's the case. Um I don't have a whole lot uh kind of as a as a note taken down here in these final few pages of the section uh because it was kind of like everything was calming down after the crazy right. shit that we've been reading. And it was Paul just hanging out with, um, uh, who was it? Hawat? Yeah. He was hanging out with Hawat, and Hawat was, oh. was like, well, why is well, Reverend Before mother that, when the Reverend Mother leaves and like she's that. crying, or uh, Jessica sees her crying, do you, is she, I can't, so she oh, said yeah. that she's doubtful yeah, that he's going to become Josh Hader or whatever, but like, why was she crying? <laughs> Why 
Because I think she 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 cares greatly for Jessica, thus caring greatly for Paul, and that in all likelihood Paul is not. I think she is lamenting on the fact that like since Jessica went against her wishes that she cannot see what's gonna happen. But the same signs that we see that he could be the Josh Hader, why doesn't the Reverend Mother see that? That's one way. Well, she does see it, and she's acknowledging it, but she's seeing it, like, from an analytical perspective. Like, from her point of view, she could probably tell you every other time in history there's been a guy like this yeah. who no seemed like they could be it, and then it turned out they weren't. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like... And when, everybody you know, thinks, like, an everybody is, like, great, along, and then we'll learn, like, always... oh, there's only, like, one or two good dudes. Was it like the 2017 yeah, exactly. draft class? Was it or 2013? For out of everybody, there's one of like just absolute garbage. 2000 is the one that sticks out because 13 you got the Greek freak, you, you got like Oladipo and, and CJ Gobert. McCollum. Gobert was but they year. were all like, with the exception of Oladipo. Oh, also, yeah, Gobert, CJ's like, not in that. Oh wait, he is. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. I just looked it up. Uh, but 2000 is the one that I think everybody talks about because the best player Fucking was, was Hato Turgaloo. Oh, 2015. It's 2015. <laughs> no, 2014 is the one that's very like, meh. Wiggins is your number one. The only good player is oh, yes, Embiid and Jokic. That's it. That's yeah, the one that you're talking about. Yes, 14 is. Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Joel Embiid, Aaron Gordon, Dante Exum, Marcus Smart, Julius Randle, <laughs> Nick Stockis, no. Dante Exum, Dermot, Dario, Zach Levine, the ball. Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Zach Levine, TJ, aka Bubble God, Warren. Yeah, when, <laughs> when like Zach Levine is your best draft. Choice, no, Nikola Jokic is. He's the best. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, clearly. Well, of the lottery. Of well, the lottery, yeah. Be, okay. And then there's Jordan Clarkson. But, like, I guess that you, you look at those... <laughs> <laughs> you look at those top four picks, right? All four of those guys are supposed both to be, of like, his fucking next ACLs. great NBA players. And if you... And only... And, but only one of them even panned out. And I, and I think that's kind of like the perspective that the Reverend Mother looks at this. And you know what's like, even crazier? What are really Joel's injured for like one or two years, too. And he's always injured. He's, no, 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 I don't yeah, even I think, think he drafted. really panned out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He didn't play for the, that yeah, yeah, yeah. He played the year so after. So, like. He MPJ'd? Yeah. Or Ben yeah, Simmons. Ben yeah. I just find that <laughs> insane that, like. Andrew Wiggins was the only good first-year player, right? Everybody else developed and actually started getting better later. No, that's what I'm Andrew saying. He Wiggins was the only one that was actually, that like, first year. of, like, status. Like, people, in, like, seeing the stats and stuff. I don't know. Do we need to just start our own sports podcast now? Be some basic bitch. I'm looking so. down. All right, let's go back to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I was like, bro, we're talking about sports a lot. <laughs> well, the whole point of that was to was to explain the Ben Jesuit and the Reverend Mother and just how she's looking at it. That Paul has shown all the signs he could be the Josh hater, but not necessarily is very likely. Right, to be and like the I don't Josh know hater. when I. What I took as her crying was just feeling empathy for Jessica and understanding her position in a way. I, I know she's not – never went through the same thing, but, like, I, just the whole empathy thing. I didn't really look as deep into it. Just the fact that she kind of knows everything and knows that she does – Jessica doesn't know nearly as much. Type of just the empathy for her. And the idea that Paul will probably die. Was there anything else somebody wanted to mention about this specifically? Because I really wanted to talk a little bit more about the um, the part where she talks about Duke Leto again. No, we can just do that. Okay. So Paul uh, is asking about why aren't you doing anything for my dad? And she goes on about saying, no, it's too late. He's like, he rules a planet, dude. What are you talking about? And she's like, he's going to lose it. He's like, but he's getting a new, richer one. He'll lose that, too. She's very confident about this. But what we're being told is that, that everything about Paul's life is about to be over. His whole era, life of aristocracy is coming to a conclusion before his eyes. And he doesn't understand why it's happening. And she isn't telling him how it's going to happen. But she's certain of so, I mean, it's just such an interesting thing to think about, about how, like, Paul always known as aristocracy, and we're being told that in, in a matter of a couple hundred pages, he's just going to be like everybody and else. And then he has to go to the planet of Arrakis on top of it, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. He, to, go, to go from, yeah, that type of... Where the sand... Aristocratic life to... The place where your bone, your skin gets ripped off your bones. Man, talk about a wake up. And right, fuck. Oh sandwich. my god, yeah. Seven, what is it, 700 <laughs> meters, was it? <laughs> they were huge, too. Yeah. I, I just thought of Star things. Wars at that point. I thought of the Alaskan bullworm. Were you afraid? I thought, about I thought of an Alaskan bullworm, honestly, not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, it's like just terrifying. Like, like that. I mean, it's like, dude, if I'm going to this Arrakis planet, yeah, like, fuck don't expect me. to live. <laughs> Low key suicide. This is, this is going to be rough. And so, I think we we we've we've fully made it through. What is what was is that everybody's thoughts? It's like thirty. Well, it's cases? different. It's different for everybody because we have different versions. No, it's fifty. Yeah. I mean, I skipped over kind of like a lot of the. Um, I liked the, the interactions with Hawa and the, about the other guy. What was it? the weapons guy? What was his name? Gurney. Gurney. Yeah. I Gurney, think Gurney yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I the liked interactions him. with Gurney were very Gurney. interesting, and Hawat was kind of foreshadowing. I feel like it was foreshadowing something a that we bit. don't know yet, but it was felt like he's like, "You got to be ready," you know. Check your back. Never leave your back. It almost seems like know? some of the yeah. right. But I was gonna say it almost seems like a lot of these people, like, kind of know or are certain certain things are gonna happen. 
but they don't want to say yeah, it. Yeah, I, I feel like that too. It feels like they're going in, they're like, yeah, Paul, you've had this great life or whatever. It's about to get a lot fucking harder when we get to our, our, our Eric. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I don't think he realizes like, it yet. I think through this conversation, he kind of learns a little bit of like, holy shit, the Reverend Mother is actually telling me a bunch of shit that I'm gonna use. Oh, <laughs> like I wrote down when um, she said, "Grave this on your memory." Uh, a world is supported by four things. She held up a four big knuckled fingers: the learning of the wise, the justice of the great, the prayers of the righteous, and the valor of the brave. But all these are nothing. She closed her fingers into a fist without a ruler who knows the art of ruling. And then um, that, so it, he already starts using that or like starts thinking about what that meant and shit like that and how he's going to have to be a ruler. Yada, yada. Right. It's kind of, it's like implied that he's going to rule because of, you know, his dad not making it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But he ain't ruling all. I like the idea. <laughs> it just shows how like not anymore aristocratic he is in the whole. I'm not in the mood. When he's right. on the journey, and he's like, I'm not in the mood for this. Right, exactly. He's like, I don't really. Just, nobody I don't cares about what you feel. <laughs> right. I feel no like that's what. just like yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's like this stereotypical <laughs> benchmark, like the whole cliche of like to show how much he's grown. It later also shows on his age too, type thing. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's only right. 15. Speaking of which, have you guys casted any of these characters? It's not fair yeah. because, like, I've already watched the movies and, you know, I saw the trailer and now they're kind of in my head. So I'm not going to, you know. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah, I, like I can't person. see anybody else but Timothy Chalamet as Paul. Like, that is exactly... Even if I hadn't seen the trailer and yeah. they weren't making a movie, Timothy Chalamet would have been the guy I picked to play Paul. All right, look this guy up. Like, that is just so perfect. Yeah, I mean, you gotta watch the trailer. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's, it's one of the greatest trailers I've ever seen. It incorporates a Hans Zimmer remix of Eclipse by Pink Floyd, which, remind, which is purposeful because when Alejandro Jodorowsky was going to make uh, Dune back in 75, he wanted a different rock band to represent every group. And the band to represent the House of Atreides was going to be Pink Floyd. Yeah, they were going to record all original music for the movie. Which is nutty to think about. Um, I also imagine Hawaii, just for some reason... I get a, a Jake Gyllenhaal vibe. I don't know why, but I, I do imagine. I imagine like I don't Jake know. Gyllenhaal I almost could see Jake Gyllenhaal as like, uh, Pitter. Yeah, I could. Yeah, as Pitter. I could. I was just thinking of Nightcrawler. I, I was I literally just saying. I'm just thinking of Nightcrawler. Like Nightcrawler. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. I was thinking of Jake Gyllenhaal as like Hawaii from like a prisoner's perspective, which is another. Dumb, How can dumb so dumb Danny also DeVito into this? Bro, is he the Baron? Loki? <laughs> no, no. Yes, no. but yes. Wait, yeah, we it's, it feels rude. Yeah, it feels we do rude, it. We do. Danny DeVito is the Baron. Do we do it? Do we do it? I like the guy who's in cast. Oh no. 
I like Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. I mean, if you want Danny, oh my god! If you want Danny DeVito as your mental image, perfectly. Bring me some more food. Perfectly respectable, because that's actually a good way to like visualize him, right? As a kind of big, tiny dude. But you know, there's a building that's supposed to be shaped like the Baron Harkonnen later. Danny DeVito. I'm going to be thinking about it. It's Danny DeVito. (laughs) The Danny DeVito building. How can we really get really Reddit here and put Keanu Reeves in this movie? Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Um, Keanu Reeves will be uh, the Jason. We're still putting just cheese. Uh, no, Duncan we're still just Idaho. we're still Duncan just putting Idaho. John Wick yeah. in this. Cannery. It's just John Wick. I no, we'll 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 let Jason Momoa. Stay yeah, yeah, wait, wait, why don't we we'll find another Johnny Silverhand to play? Uh, I won't. Which spoil. character does he play? <laughs> Okay, yeah. well then, I well, can't even contribute then yet. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll find something for Batista if we decide to change it based upon the book. I'm just glad that we have incorporated Danny DeVito into the story. Uh, I think that we've really accomplished. I do as well by doing that. So, any predictions for the next? Yeah, 50 yeah I was gonna say R.I.P. Jared Leto. Someone's dying. <laughs> Someone's just dying. <laughs> he just said Leto, and I thought it was a joke from the fucking Suicide uh, Squad, and I wanted to kill myself. What are we with some kind of Suicide yeah. Squad? <laughs> <laughs> what are we... <laughs> That's great. Now I want to find the Will Smith. It's making them better. I'm gonna so force Will Smith do, into uh... this book. Robbie, I I think that over the next fifty, I think the next fifty pages are going to be chill. I think they're going to get through Arrakis, and they're just going to oh, be yeah. chilling. Everything's I just wanted to bring up chill. the mention it's of be a chill suit before it that like literally took all your body or your water, the water from yeah. your body, oh, like, so you could redistribute it, yeah. it, yeah, and redistribute like, it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty fucking gnarly. Stay alive. You know, I sweat to, to stay hydrated <laughs> in the desert. Yeah, Loki. Would you rather drink your own sweat. piss or your own sweat? Own That's the real question. Yeah, I think so too. Really? I don't know. I'd rather. Uh, well, dehydrated uh, piss is gross. I've never uh, had it. But... Yeah, I'm, ju- I'm taking my own sweat. <laughs> but. Yeah. yeah. How would Are you. you... Wait, Gabe has definitely known something right, about piss. Drink piss. <laughs> he's like, he's like, well, I'm just saying. Listen. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> when you're hydrated, again. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that. That's yes, but but I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I'm just saying in general, like the, when you're dehydrated, yeah, that shit is just just does not look appetizing. <laughs> I want to say, but that's not food. So stop. I don't think. I don't know. I think sweat will look. More appetizing, my, I guess. I feel like this is the studies. main theme of the comparing apple, If we're comparing Should apple, we no, because one's... <laughs> <laughs> the boys try their own piss. 
Jesus I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to try. I'd have to try both first, to be honest. What is what does piss taste like? Oh after? my god! Oh, so you're transitioning <laughs> from sweat to piss? <laughs> In the middle of it, you're transitioning. You're like, why not? He literally just said, "Why not?" Literally just gag. Like, oh, that. Let's end this. Let's end this. That's awful. No, why let's, not let's, both? Let's move on. Let's <laughs> Yo, is that the Mexican kid? Well, all right. Well, then the next time when we resume next week. So if you're Thomas or Gabe, you're reading the page 98, exactly 58 pages from now. Could you um, just tell me like what part? No, I think it should be around page 80 for you. No, just like oh, right, I read a right little ahead. Read ahead. Right read you the... What? I didn't wow. know. I didn't know. I read to page 52. Know. It starts with um. What it said hell? that Duke Leto reminded himself that down to the, the perils the, the Discord. That's what it'll start. With. That'd be great. And like pin it to, and pin it to. Oh, yeah, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, 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 I will. Sweet. Well, I was just gonna say one more thing. Um, I don't know why, but I kind of have the feeling that uh, the Reverend Mother kind of might actually die before she ever sees. Paul become great if he ever becomes great, you know. And that's why she's like sad, sad that she might not see that, and has her doubts about him. Oh shit! Okay, that's why she cried. Yeah, because if she is older and like he's still very young, like he still has a lot of time to improve as a person, and if he does own end up owning the planet and stuff. It's interesting yeah. for sure. I don't know. <laughs> Can I add I, I think that's a good observation. And I think we'll end on that just note. Just some cool uh, uh, pretty just little things. Yes. Um, the Emperor's name. Did you guys, did you guys get that uh, catch it? Or... I didn't. Uh, I don't yeah. know if they like, introduced no. it, but the Emperor's name is Shaddam. And Shaddam. And what's interesting <laughs> is Arrakis is based off of Iraq. Wow. But but this would have been the crazy thing is Saddam was would have been how old? I'm in not old enough to be doing anything, like the, the politically. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind you of know, crazy. Name was, Simpsons of was, book uh, writing. Paul? Is that what he's getting? Saddam Hussein. No, Saddam, like uh, the name of the emperor is Shaddam. And, and, you know, I was just thinking about Saddam. Like Saddam well, He was like 30. And, he was and how old could he have possibly 28. been in 65? Yeah, he was born 30, in 37. Was he? Oh. Wow. Old motherfucker. Uh, was he yeah, doing not, anything? He was right? studying. That'd be interesting. Not very well polished. Frank, Frank Herbert was, no, it is. was yeah. in it a until, deep. Like, later. So I just thought that was like kind of interesting. And I'm like... But that I is very wanted, interesting. He was the president was in 1979, so he could have been doing some shit. That's a neat fun five fact. Five years earlier. He could have been doing some shit. 
Or 14 years. Oh, you would have been 14. Hey, you know what I actually vibes I get from this, uh, from the, what is it? Comb? Chome? Comb? Chome? The company? Yeah, that company. Chome? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I get the vibe. The company. Arnold Schwarzenegger when they're on Mars. Total Recall. Yeah. Total Recall. I get. I get. I get Total Recall vibes. Yeah. I definitely get some Total Recall vibes from it. Just like and a lot of. I was thinking that, and also, what's the movie with um Vin That's Diesel where they're on that planet? No, like, no. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> my bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> the pacifier. <laughs> yes, the pacifier. Yeah, the goodbye part. What is the it? What's a triple no, X? No, 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 so, no, no, what's no, no, a? <laughs> Shut the. Fuck up. I think. No. He, are you thinking of Pitch Black? Is it okay? No, well, it's one, one of them. The I think it's the Chronicles of Riddick. That's it's okay. Pitch Black, and then it's not everyone's think That's Black. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking as well. Like, okay, because how they live in that weird planet too. Yeah. The Fast and the Furious beats and the Pacifier. Y'all talk about uh, Total Recall, correct? The original yes. story of Total Recall, made by Philip K. Dick, came out in 1966. One year after Dune came out. Oh wow! Interesting. And very while obviously it's they're not very similar, I just thought it was very interesting. Sus. It is. No, they're not. It's just the movie, the mostly. Movie the whole itself, scene yes, on absolutely. Mars. Is it desert like? Yeah. That's kind of... And Philip K. Dick is the guy. Also, who three tits, so uh, that's cool. Runner. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is dudes reading Dune, so. This is the moment in which all rights to intellectualism is forfeited. Tits. <laughs> I sub- I sub- <laughs> Way to go from Thomas's actual like great for thoughts and foreshadowing and ruin it with just tits. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Well done. Well done. Well done. Alrighty. Well, I think before yes, we indeed. do this anymore, we should end. So next week, good job, everybody. I'll see you next week. What are we planning on the next time? What? Okie dokie. Alrighty.